What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the From Downtown Podcast. I'm your host, Dahani Joseph, and today we are here with another episode. This time we are previewing the Eastern Conference playoffs in the NBA. Currently, it is April 12th, Wednesday. The play-in games are going on currently, the 9-10 matchups in the respective conferences. As of recording this part of the podcast, I recorded the actual episode a little earlier today. Chicago beat the Toronto Raptors, so they will go on to play the Miami Heat to see who gets the oh-so-special pleasure of playing the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. And then Oklahoma City and New Orleans are playing as we speak right now. But we stuck to the East. We, I totally forgot, Elena Randolph, she joined us today, friend of the show, recently was on an episode with us prior to talking about the East, so we're going to stick with the Eastern Conference with her. We also got into a very interesting conversation about our all-NBA teams. We chose all three teams, and while, of course, there were some picks that were obvious, some of the picks, especially towards the latter side, the, the third team in particular, definitely some interesting picks on both of our parts. I <laughs> It took us a minute to really come to a conclusive list on our own and, you know, all of our picks were, were well-deserved. I think we all gave some real points, real good points. I think my list was better, but that's just me personally. Atlanta would probably think hers better. But on NBA, I'm so glad I'm not actually voting because that's a tough job to do. A very, very tough job to do, especially when money's involved about, oh, if you make all NBA, you're eligible for a Supermax. That means something to a lot of these players and their families. So I'm glad I'm not in the position to vote yet. That's not my thing, <laughs> but I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I had a good time. Elena certainly had a good time as well, bringing her on the podcast. But yeah, without any further ado, let's get started. guys today we are back here on the from downtown podcast beautiful day here in syracuse university today we are here alongside elena randolph um recently had her on the podcast talking about the knicks talking about some other stuff regarding the eastern conference the nba as a whole and today we are going to be talking about the nba playoffs the eastern conference once again and also our all nba picks but first of all elena how you doing today I'm great. Uh, it's real nice in Syracuse right now. Weather's nice. Semester's almost over, so that's the best part. Uh huh. So feeling good. Yeah. Uh, like two, three more weeks almost before the semester ends, and then by that time, what the first round will most likely be over into the second round. I, wow. I'd imagine. Yeah. So lots of NBA, but before we get in the second round, we got to talk about the first round. We're not even there yet. We're still in the play-in. Um. First NBA um, playoff matchups are on Saturday. Um, today, we have two playing games going on, Chicago and Toronto um, in the East. And then in the West, it should be Oklahoma City and the Pelicans. 
Um, we're going to stick to the Eastern Conference today. Um, next episode will be about the Western Conference. So I just want to quickly talk about the playing game. Um, Raptors and Bulls. Um, Elena, let's go first. Um, what are your expectations for this game? Um, so personally, I think Toronto uh, has more on the line, more energy uh, coming into this. Chicago's kind of had a disappointing season. Um, but I was joking, saying they have Pat Bev now, so he loves a good playing game. He's been like a great energy spark for them. So maybe coming into this, they have a little energy. Personally, I think Toronto takes the game. Um, but yeah, exciting to see two teams that I like going head-to-head. DeMar, obviously, going back to his team, his original team, so should be exciting. I out you're a Chicago fan. No, I'm a DeMar DeRozan A DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> okay, not DeMar DeRozan. Did you say Chicago and then Toronto, or was it? Toronto. Yeah, Toronto. I'm, Toronto's my my second team. You know people from Canada, I say Toronto. They don't say Toronto. Oh, I don't know. I don't I'm not from that. Canada. I'm the, I'm the same. Uh, <laughs> Both from New York. Yeah, so I don't know. That's, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. Um, for people at home, Toronto right now. Or Toronto, uh, forty-one and forty-one at that ninth seed. Chicago Bulls forty and forty-two at the tenth spot. So you know, pretty even in terms of their record. Obviously, um, you look at the best player on the court in that game. It, it can go to Demar. It can go to Pascal Siakam. It could go to Fred VanVleet, depending on the type of game he has. We we've seen him go off for big performances throughout his career, um, particularly in that finals run they had a few years ago. I'm going with the Toronto Raptors. Now, the, the Bulls can win. I'm not saying they can't win. I just think that Toronto Raptors, they will make a more interesting first-round series against the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, neither team will beat the Bucks. I think the Bucks are at the top of the top of the league in terms of you don't want to see them in a playoff series because they have so much experience. Obviously, champions. Giannis is the best player in the world, in my opinion. That's what, up to debate. But, uh, yeah, I think that Toronto with the length that they have. Um, OJ Ananobi at the wing, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Jakob Potl, big man inside, um, Precious Achua. They have a lot of interchangeable wings that, you know, it'll certainly slow down Giannis and the Bucks. If anything, their length will be disruptive on the perimeter, will allow Toronto to get out, run out for steals. You know, I think it'll be an interesting five, six game series. Excuse me for my Outlook uh, notifications <laughs> there. But, uh, yeah, I think that Toronto will win this one, and uh, it'll be next. If Toronto does win, hypothetically, it'll be that final eighth spot in the East, which will be Miami Heat versus either Toronto or Chicago. So, Atlanta, do you think that Miami, do they have a shot against either team, hmm. taking into account the performance they had against the Hawks? Interesting. Um, If I stick with thinking that Toronto will beat the Bulls. Um, Toronto versus Miami. I think Toronto would have more momentum going into that game. Um, Like you said, kind of got embarrassed by the Hawks. Um, So going into that, are they feeling up? Are they feeling down? I think, like you said, Toronto's a good matchup. Obviously, Miami's really good. Have a lot of players that I like on Miami. Um, But I'll, I'll stick with Toronto. On that one. No pun intended. I'm going to give a hot take on the <laughs> Miami Heat. I think the Miami Heat should lose on purpose. They should tank. And here's why. Not only is it because, yes, Toronto will be a better matchup for the Miami, for, excuse me, for the Milwaukee Bucks. But, you know, if Miami does go into that 
to that series against the Bucks. They're losing. You know, uh, I think it'll be more beneficial. Personally, this is just me here. Do the Dallas Mavericks take of <laughs> tanking, losing, and then potentially getting a lottery pick. You look at this Miami Heat roster. Where are they really going? I understand they're in the finals in 2020. Um, their record wasn't too far off last year. Or, excuse me, that year compared to this one. I think they had the same amount of wins, actually, at 44. Um, the season after that, around the same. I'll have to look up to be sure. But I know um, last season, there were 53 wins at the top of the East. And then, yes, in 2020, 2021, 40-32. And then 2019-2020, they were 44 wins, like I mentioned before. So, you know, they've been hovering around that same 40, maybe 50, if everything goes right, type of season. Mm-hmm. But... You know, with the Eastern Conference continually getting stronger, mm-hmm. you talk about Milwaukee, they're not going anywhere. Boston, they're not going anywhere. Um, Embiid, he's locked down long-term. Um, you know, Cleveland, they're new and improved. The Knicks, yeah. Even those the Nets. Teams, yeah. yeah, and, you know, even right now the Hawks, you know, that may swing a little. But, you know, there's six teams that definitively, definitively are better. And, you know... And on any given night, the Heat can win a game, yes. But I think it'll be more beneficial for them to try and get another star or at least another young player. This draft is loaded, especially going to the lottery, even a little deeper past the lottery. A lot of special talents in this draft. So I think it would be beneficial for the Miami Heat to consider losing this game and going to get at least a lottery pick this year. That's an interesting take. Yeah. You know, Pat Riley would probably never do it. He would never sell his soul like <laughs> or that. Spo or or Spo, but you know, it's just this as a fan, I'm saying, you know what? That might be the thing to do. That's but fair. let's go into a matchup that we already know is going to happen for sure. Number two Boston Celtics, my team, versus the Atlanta Hawks, number seven seed. So Boston, fifty seven twenty five on the year. Atlanta Hawks forty one forty one, just coming off their win. In the plane against the Miami Heat. Damn, I'm popular with emails today. Um, so, you know, this matchup, I'll give some context here. The Atlanta Hawks are 0-3 against the Celtics this season. Uh, their most recent game, a few days ago, where a lot of players were resting. So, you know, does that really count? I don't know. Uh, Peyton Pritchard had a triple-double. That was pretty cool. Um, it's the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, end of the season. But everybody went crazy on the end of the season. Apparently, people started punching, people fighting. Um, maybe we can touch that real quickly. But uh, uh-huh. after that, uh, well, prior to that, rather, um, March 11th, uh, Boston, they won again, 125-134. And then early on in the season, this was when Boston was still on their, oh, my God, are they going to crack 65 wins type of stretch. 126 to 101. They were blowing everybody out. So, you know, relatively small sample size, but uh, I think Boston, they're on the revenge tour. I'm trying to get back to the finals. They're trying to, you know, this is biased, but uh, it's, it's facts. They're getting back to the, they're looking to get back to the finals. And, um, you know, I think this series, I'm not going to say sweep. I'll say five games. Boston has the athleticism, the defenders throw at Trey Young, throw at DeJounte Murray. I'm still at, the point where I think that Atlanta, they're starting five. Amazing starting five. You know, on paper, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, John Collins, Clint Capella, 
DeAndre Hunter. That's an amazing starting five. Very solid starting five mm-hmm. to have in terms of everybody at their own positions, what they're able to do offensively, um, defensively, um, excluding Trey. You know, that's a great starting five, so I'm not going to discredit them saying they're going to get swept by Boston. I'll say five games. I agree. I think I have it at five games. Um, as a Knicks fan, I cannot forget what Trey Young did to us in the playoffs. Obviously, Boston's a different team. Um, but I can see them getting a game. Um, I agree. Great starting lineup. I think the interesting thing is now it's kind of coming out. Does Trey Young want um, a trade request? Has he asked for one? It seems like there's some conflict within the organization regarding that. I know they said that uh, front office like is kind of monitoring the situation. Um, but yeah, I say you know Atlanta gets one game, but end of the, at the end of the day, Boston in five. If not a sweep. So that Trey Young uh, trade request news, that was pretty interesting to me because I was thinking of scenarios like where he would go. You know, there's so many point guards in the league that um, are either, there's so many all-star guards. This is kind of our gripe with our all-NBA teams that we'll get into later. But just looking at the teams, right, um, go down the list. Milwaukee, they have Drew. Um, mm-hmm. Boston, they have um, Smart, Sixers, Maxi Harden, take your pick. Cavs, Garland, Mitchell, Knicks, Brunson. I personally think, like, obviously Miami has some some players there. I don't remember if Tyler just re-signed. Did Tyler Hero? Tyler Hero. Um, yes, yeah, he got an extension. Yeah, he got an extension. But, like, Trey in Miami would be, like, very exciting. I think I love Kyle Lowry. He's one of my favorite players ever. Like, he is not doing it for them um, at the point guard position, quite frankly. So, like, I think Trey in Miami would be fire. But I don't know how the money situation would work because it seems like they got some, they paid some people. Not even the money situation. I think it's like, who are you trading exactly? I, I feel mm-hmm. like that center around Tyler Hero. Um, you know, let, assume that Miami does lose. You know, they'll have that lottery pick, so maybe a package of That's Hero, um, their pick, maybe, uh, I'm trying to think financials here. Um Maybe one of their younger guys that they have on the roster. But I can't see Trey in the West. I, I mean, know. let's look at the West, right? You know, Nuggets, Jamal Murray, Grizzlies, Ja, Kings, Fox, Sun, CP3, uh, Clippers, Russ, um, Warriors, Steph, Lakers, D'Lo, Timberwolves, Mike Conley. He's getting older, but then you think of who's the trade piece to make that happen. Do you really want to add a smaller guard mm-hmm. with a team that's already, you know, shaky defensively? Yeah. Pelicans, you have CJ McCollum. Thunder, you have uh, Shea. Shea, yeah, Luca on Mav. You just go down the list. There's not really any natural landing spot for Trey Young to go to. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So we'll see. I have a feeling he'll end up staying. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's growing pains at this point because he's been there for a while now. But, I mean, you're, you're kind of seeing the same thing with Luca. I feel like maybe it's a different situation, but I think they kind of came in the same time and they're both kind of feeling those like growing pains of like, okay, now you're not like a young player in the league anymore. You're kind of like established. So there's just feelings of discomfort and like kind of just growing into the business of being in the NBA. So I think I'll end up saying, but you know, it's understandable that there might be conflict right now. And honestly, there's no real place for him to go. And, uh, you know, there's so many guards. And even if 
you know, you don't have a quote-unquote star guard. Um, you know, forwards are kind of like the big thing right now. Lots mm -hmm. of two-way wings. That's a lot of people over on ESPN say love their two-way wings, and for good reasons. Um, I just don't think that people would pay as much of a price that probably the Atlanta Hawks um, staff would probably be asking for a guy who, you know, all-star caliber guard. He can make an all-NBA team. Um, just depends on his team's record from time to time. Double-double machine. Um, Steph Curry light, if you will. Just like his ability to, to shoot from anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, I love him in Oklahoma. He, he's a great guy. Um, guard. I'm about to say guy. I don't know, personally. Great <laughs> guard. But, um, you know, that defense is going to come to question at some point. Um, leadership as well, which is kind of the main thing here mm -hmm. in Atlanta. Yeah. Let's transition over to the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Brooklyn Nets. You know, this series I've given a lot of thought on who's going to win. The Philadelphia 76ers 4-0 against the Nets this season. Uh I'll give you the the rundown on this on the scores here. November 22nd, 115-106 Philly. January 25th, 137-133 Philly. February 11th, 101-98 Philly. And then recently, uh, April 9th, 134-105 win, Philly. Obviously, the different iterations of, Phil I mean, excuse me, of the Brooklyn Nets here because of the trades that have happened. But I don't know, man. Maybe because I'm a big fan of Macau Bridges. <laughs> Maybe I'm a big fan of just his, his three-point celebration, you know, shaking the head, all that stuff. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. I'm not going to sit here and say Philadelphia will lose this series. But this is going to be an interesting series. I think this will be one of the ones that goes the distance. I think this is a six or seven game series. If I had to put my money on it, I'd bet Philadelphia in six. But if it goes seven, I wouldn't be surprised. That's fair. I <laughs> I have Philly in six, too. Um, I think Brooklyn has a lot of energy behind it yeah. right now. Um, I really like this Brooklyn squad. Um so yeah, I think I think Philly is is the better team. Um, you know, Joel up in conversation for MVP. Um, but I think you can't discount Brooklyn having the energy they have right now. So I could see them, you know, winning two games. Uh, but yeah, I have Philly, Philly in six. Kind of reminiscent of that that 2019 Brooklyn Nets team. You know, sure. with, with D'Lo, all those guys. You know, it just felt like good energy, good vibes mm -hmm. it, with that Brooklyn squad. I agree. I totally think that this one is going to be six or seven. It's going to be a tough matchup, despite the, the season sweep um, by the Sixers. I think the playoffs, you know, we'll see what Bridges does when the defense is totally honed in on him. It's going to be his first time in the NBA where the defense is, you're the number one guy um, if you're Mikhail mm -hmm. Bridges on this Brooklyn Nets team. That's true. So you're going to get all that defensive focus. Doc Rivers, obviously a championship-level coach, has been in the league for so long he understands how to you know defensively make sure that one guy you know bridges he's gonna get his points no doubt about it averaging about 27 since he came over to brooklyn but you know it's gonna be a challenge for brooklyn to stop the joel and b james harden pick and roll sure. we understand that so it's gonna be a very interesting series and i think that this one it could easily go seven um kind of hoping it go seven to be honest i think that would just be a great Way to cap off um, whoever season it is. If Philadelphia ends up losing, 
um, that next matchup, um, if Brooklyn comes out on top, they will be playing the winner of the Boston and uh, Hawks series. Mm-hmm. But I think <laughs> you also have to consider like teams who have been in the playoffs before. Absolutely. Like, like regardless of Philly not having success in the offseason, like, they've been to the playoffs together. The team hasn't changed that much since last year, whereas Brooklyn, like, how how long have these guys been together? I know they've said, like, they've played more games than, like, Kyrie and Katie and all that. That's but, not hard to do. But, like, <laughs> exactly. But, like, the the playoffs are, are completely different. And, like, that's coming from, like, a Nick fan who, when we made the playoffs, like, we were on top of the world, but the playoffs are different. Like, the, the intensity is different. Like you said, like, Michael, like, he's the number one option like, yeah, he's been to the playoffs before. These guys have, like, been to the playoffs, but in different scenarios. So I think, like I said, I give them two games, but I definitely think it's a factor that they haven't played together for, you know, a full season. Just want to reiterate, Sixers, 54-28. and 28. I don't think I said their records. 54-28, 76ers, 45-37 nuts. Um, so you can watch you being a Knicks fan, 4-5 matchup. <laughs> Cleveland... <laughs> And the New York Knicks, Cleveland fifty-one thirty-one, New York Knicks forty-seven thirty-five. I'm gonna take the reins on this one. This is your team. What do you think about this? <laughs> okay, I don't. I don't know if this is a hot take. It's not a hot take for me. Cause Wait, I'm... before before you go, the New York Knicks three three and one record versus the Cavaliers. Go. Okay, I actually like that stat a lot. Um, I have Knicks in six. Um, in and my six? my rationale for that is it. If the Knicks are going to win this, it has to be in six. I think it's either Knicks in six or Cleveland in seven. I don't think those numbers change. Um, I think it's going to be a fantastic series. Um, I don't think it'll be the prettiest series. I think both of these teams are like in the mud, like getting it done. I think it'll be like a great basketball series. Um, But I think in general, the Knicks... Knicks fans are crazy. So, like, mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden is going to be popping. Like, I think it's, I think the Knicks have a lot riding on them for this. And I think if it was to go to seven, I'm not sure how the Cleveland fans are. I don't know what the atmosphere is like post LeBron. Um, I'm sure they're a hungry fan base. I'm sure, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're a hungry fan base. Like, they're, they have a good team. Um, but I do think the Knicks. It will be hard to win on the road. Um, so I think if the Knicks are to win, it has to be in six. And I'm going to say Knicks in six. Knicks in six. It rhymes. It does. It's it's meant to be. It's meant to be. <laughs> um, Man, so this one's tough. Uh, you just look at the matchups across the board. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell, he's a superstar in this league. Jalen Brunson, um, all-star. Should have been an all-star. Should have been an all-star. I keep forgetting he wasn't an all-star, so crazy to me. But should have been an all-star. Great case for All-NBA this year. Great case for most improved player this year. Um, We'll see if he's able to keep up with the firepower of Donovan Mitchell. We all know how explosive Mitchell can be in the postseason. I don't have the stats up right now, but if I remember correctly, he's one of the, the highest scorers in postseason history. Granted, small sample size and some of the other all-time great guys up there on that list. But, you know, if I had to guess right now, I'd say 36. I'll double-check that in a second. But 36 points per game, nothing to sneeze at. And you talk about his bubble performances, 
um, specifically against the Denver Nuggets, that Jamal Murray mm-hmm. series, legendary performances. Um, Mitchell's dropping 50. Mitchell dropped 71 points this year. Do I think he'll do that in the playoffs? No. But do I suspect a 40-point game here or there? Maybe the entire series. That is definitely plausible with Donovan Mitchell. So those guys, you know, let's say they cancel each other out. Julius Randle is probably the next best guy on either team. Agreed. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, we know you agree. But uh, Garland is up there too. Evan Mobley, a DPOI candidate. Jerry Allison, you know, there's, there's different matchups all across the floor. Like you said, it's going to be a gritty matchup. One of their games, actually, uh, 92 to 81. So, giving very much 90s basketball. Yeah. Super low scoring game. That was um, December 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, let me go up, um, tell you guys these scores real quick of the 3 to 1 uh, season series that the Knicks and Cavaliers faced off against. So, October 30th. I believe that was, was that a season opener? That might be a season opener. Mm. Uh, 108-121, the Knicks lost that one. December 4th, uh, 2022, the Knicks won 92-81. January 24th, Knicks won 105-103. And then March 31st, 130-116, the Knicks won. So the Knicks have won the last three out of four. That means something. Obviously, home court is going to matter. For sure. Um. I wouldn't be surprised if by game five season is, I mean, the series is 2-2. The, the Knicks win theirs at home. The Cavaliers win theirs. Mm-hmm. So it's going to probably be up to that game five where the Knicks are going to have to steal that one on the road. And then I, I'm sort of with you on, you know, if the if it goes seven games, I think Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it goes six and it's 3-2 in the Garden, I, I think the, the energy of New York – to get to the second round the first time since, what, 2013, if I'm not mistaken? Probably that mellow year. That's huge. Yeah. And that, 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 home court, that, that home court advantage will truly be a factor in that game. I agree. And I think, like you said, Donovan Mitchell, like I think he's the scariest piece in all of this just because we know what he's capable of. Like He's just a scorer. Watching him, I've watched him a little more this season because he's in the East. Like He could score at will. Um, but I think, like I said on the last podcast, I think having Jalen Brunson, um, someone who he played, he balled out last year in the playoffs. And I think having that stability, um, I think historically Julius Randle has dropped off in the playoffs. Uh, but we're having like a really exciting season from Emmanuel quickly, one of my favorite players. Um, I think our bench is really coming together. Um, and I, I mean, Julius is coming off an an injury right now I think it was ankle but like I think if we're all healthy when it it's all said and done like I think I think the Knicks when they're when they're playing I'd put them against anyone um so yeah Knicks and six Knicks and six I I didn't give my official prediction yet (laughs) this this has been I've been racking my brain about this one truly it's been tough if I had to pick right now gun to my head uh, I'd be dead. Cause I can't decide. I really can't decide, you have man. To. Oh man. Knicks and six or Cavs and seven. That's really what it's coming down to. I'm gonna say, 
I'm, I'm gonna say the upset. I'm gonna say Knicks and six. Hey, we got I, another one, y'all. I, I just, I just believe, you know, the last three, winning the last three out of four games, that means something. Um, they're gonna have to steal a game on the road, um, which they've been, they're capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point in the season, the Knicks were better on the road. Like they were having the opposite problem with the Warriors. They were better on the road than they were yeah. at home. But I think playoffs in New York, like. There's nothing like it, so I think we could steal one of them. Man, I wouldn't know. I haven't obviously seen playoffs in New York in a while, but <laughs> you know, I, I I do think you're right. That's shady. <laughs> uh, one more thing, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I have his playoff stats here. He's ranked seventh all time at 28 points per game, in the company of Michael Jordan, who's first at 33 and a half. Luka Doncic at 32 and a half. Allen Iverson, uh, 29.7. KD, 29.4. Jerry West at 29.1, LeBron at 28.7. So some crazy numbers. Crazy numbers, uh, all-time greats, guys that have been All-NBA selections in their career. Now I want to get into our All-NBA picks oh, for this year. Oh, we're just doing first round? Yeah, we're, we're going to do first round. <laughs> uh, I know you're eager. We're going to get the second round. Um, okay, I got to ask you. I got to ask okay, you. Okay, ask me a question. Go for it. So, Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. I personally have Milwaukee versus Boston. Mm-hmm. Who do you have coming out of that? Like, bias aside, if you can. Yeah, no, I'll put my bias aside. I'll put my journalism hat on real quick. Um, You know, it depends on health. Okay, that's fair. And I'm going to say health of two people. I'm going to say Chris Middleton on the Bucks side. And I'm going to say... Robert Williams on the Celtics side. Okay, no, that's fair. And I think that depending on the, if they're if they're all whole, it's seven game series automatically. Mm-hmm. I agree. Seven game series automatically. And that game seven is <sighs> going to be in Milwaukee. It will be in Milwaukee, but you know it, it's tough, man. Because either 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 team has so many options that can go off. Giannis can go off. We've seen what he can do in the postseason. He can go off for. 50, uh, 11, and 8. We've also seen Jason Tatum do that as well. We've mm-hmm. seen Jalen Brown do that. Drew Holiday has had an amazing season, so we know what he's capable of. Chris Middleton went healthy. He's an X factor. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's one of my favorite players to watch. So, man, that, that that's tough. It's, it's a really tough matchup. I agree. I'm not ready to, to give my opinion <laughs> on that yet. Well, I'll give my opinion. I have Milwaukee in 7. Um... I think at this point, both have been to the finals. So there's not really that, oh, one has more experience than the other. Like Boston has proven that uh, they could get to the finals. Um, I think, yeah, health is a big factor in that. Having both teams healthy, I just think Milwaukee is the better basketball team. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of factors. Like I think that Tatum-Brown combination is better than Giannis and Drew. Um, obviously, there are times where, you know, Milwaukee plays better. Um, but I think having a leader like Giannis is just so different. Um, I couldn't really pinpoint who the leader on Boston is. I mean, you're a fan, so you, like, watch the games. Um, Jason Tatum is the best player, but is he their, like, leader? I don't know. Not but- necessarily. I'll, I'll tell you just from watching their games a lot. You know, it's kind of... Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, you can throw an Al Horford sometimes. There's not really a, a, a true 
one lead. I think Marcus Smart would probably get the nod if you ask 100 Celtics fans. Mm-hmm. He'd probably be Marcus Smart, sort of like that Draymond role where he's super yeah. important defensively. He's um, a beast. He can do something offensively, be a playmaker, but he's going to be the guy that's going to start the huddle, break down the huddle, all yeah. that stuff. So I feel like end of the day, it really helps when your best player is also your leader. Um, I think Giannis's passion and like wanting to win it all is exceeds anyone on Boston. Like I know, I know they really want to win, but like I don't think anyone on Boston wants to win as much as Giannis. And I think that when all te- all things considered, they're both really great teams. Like, what's that X factor? And I think Giannis is the X factor in that one. And you know, Giannis is the best player in the game. I'll continue saying that. So I don't disagree with you one bit. You know, I think this comes down to, one, the health of Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. If he's healthy, the Bucks, I, I, I might give him a slight edge just talking about, you know, the acquisition of Joe Ingles and Jay Crowder. Mm. Their bench, like you talk about their bench depth. You so can create solid. a starting five with, with <laughs> yeah. their bench. Um, uh, of course, you keep Giannis there, but, you know, Bobby Portis, Jay Crowder, Joe Ingles, um, Who's the backup guard? I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but he's a solid guard. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, Brooke Lopez for, is, like, number one in defensive player of the year right now. Exactly. So you and have, he's with Giannis and Drew, like. Exactly. So, you know, top to bottom, man. And Brooke, I mean, excuse me, Boston has depth as well. Agreed. There's no denying Boston is a great team. Um, I think then it's, like, just all things considered. If we're talking about these teams playing at their best, I got to go Milwaukee. But well, if you can't answer that right now, that's okay. But uh, This is tough, man. It's tough. Maybe there's just a little bit of bias seeping in just trying to say. That's fine. But, I, I was biased about the Knicks. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, Tatum needs to show up uh, as the Jason Tatum, who was MVP candidate at the beginning of this season and the end of last regular season and the first round series of last season. Anything else um, – you know, second round series, you know, he dwindles a little bit. Third round, then the finals, he dwindles. He can't have that this year if they want to make a real legitimate shot at the championship. Mm-hmm. And to beat Milwaukee, you need to have her absolute best. Jalen Brown, he's going to, you know, if Tatum doesn't show up, Jalen Brown will do the best he can, which is usually 30 points at night. Mm-hmm. So you can't really fault him for that. It's just, you know, the, the role players are going to have to step up, which mm-hmm. – we know both teams have the potential guys. You know, a Bobby Portis on Milwaukee, uh, smart. He he can give you like five threes on any given night. That's true. Grant Williams, he hit seven threes um in their last series. This team, these teams have history too, and defensively, mm-hmm. you know, no one is really stopping Giannis. But we've seen um last Grant, series. Grant Williams did a great job on Giannis. Grant Williams just having different bodies to throw at at Giannis. Um, Al Horford, um, Robert Williams. That's a very tough series. That's a, that's a seven-game series. But I will say, I think whoever wins that is winning the entire Win the thing. entire thing? Because I know we're not talking about the West, but I have, um, I actually have the Grizzlies making it to the finals. The Grizzlies. Yeah, Ooh. we're not going to get into that right now, but I think whichever team comes out of the East is winning the whole thing. Hmm. We're not talking about the West, today, but the Grizzlies is very, very interesting. I don't knock it. Very, very interesting. Thing. And maybe it's because I, I don't know enough about the Nuggets. Like, truly, the only thing I know about the Nuggets is Nikola Jokic. Yeah. Obviously, they're a one seed. They have, like, 
I think they were tied for third best record in the league. But I, I think the I think the Grizzlies are really good. They they are really good. Um, with and without Ja too. That's true. So yeah, think... they played well even without him. But I imagine he's here for the whole whole playoffs. Yeah. Um, excluding injury, which is the big the big factor with the the two teams. Um, we're talking about Boston and Milwaukee. That's mm-hmm. the biggest factor. Injury. Um, obviously don't wish injury on anybody. But Chris has been injured throughout this entire season mm-hmm. and. He changes the game, man. Not only is he like a 21-point scorer, 50-40-90 guy, but also he's just that safety valve where, you know, if the team is bottling up Giannis and, you know, Drew might not have an all-night Chris Middleton, his ability to break down his defender on the perimeter, get to the mid-range. You know, the mid-range shot is pivotal in the postseason. We see time and time again the best players in NBA history, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, this goes on and on. They're going to get to their spots in the mid-range off isolation and convert. Chris Middleton's in that same mold in terms of get your own bucket. Mm-hmm. And I think that's crucial come postseason time. And he was like the he was the number two guy on the team. Like, you can't forget that. Yep. And yeah, like now he's had limited minutes. But I really feel like those limited minutes in the regular season are all for postseason. Because they're thinking long term. I think he's going to be ready to go personally. And even if he's not the number two guy, like Drew has really stepped into that role. He's a great number three. Yeah. Like Boston has their duo, but like who's their third? It, ideally is smart. Yeah. But you know, uh, we ideally. didn't even talk about him. Malcolm Brogdon, he's he's up for six man yeah. against my boy Emmanuel Quickly. Like he's fantastic. Absolutely. He's fantastic. So, I mean, both teams have depth. It, it's, a, it's really a toss up, but I think end of the day it comes down to like x factor so if the stars are playing at their best it's going to come down to who's going to hit the big shots and who's going to hit the big shots on the road for that's, both teams that's true. Just, so you're going to have to win in opponent opposing territory so you know I, i've seen bobby portis do it for milwaukee jalen brown really clutch like I've kind of put it like I like the ball in his hand more than Tatum, if we're being honest. Okay. But like I, this is coming from a not Boston fan, but I think, you know, he he's stepped up in a lot of big moments. Um, Absolutely. So I mean, they have two two legitimate options. Um. So, yeah, that'll I think regardless, it's great basketball. Yep, it'll be amazing basketball. I'm not I'm not ready to give my opinion that's yet. Fair, come that's come fair. back to me when the season, the series starts. Oh, for sure. Okay, so now I want to get into the All NBA team. This has been on our minds for a while now. I know, Elena, you have been. You, you created a little spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet. You got all your stats. So, I do. do you want to go first for your first team, or should I go first? Um, I'll go first. Okay, we'll go team by team. Um, okay. So to start off, this is, I know this is going to be controversial because like we were discussing before, like everyone kind of deserves it. Like you have to leave people out. Um, and I think just sticking by your rationale, I'm like, like, (laughs) I'm scared. I'm scared to say my picks. Okay. So for guards, I have Shea Gilgis Alexander, Donovan Mitchell. For forwards, I have Jason Tatum and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Those were the two easiest picks in yep. the entire out, out of any of the teams. Yep. And coming in at center, I have Nikola Jokic. So was he your MVP? I 
I it's so hard. I really I haven't even really picked an MVP. But clearly to have him over Joel is saying something. Yeah. Um I think my rationale for having Jokic over Joel, I really for this I really went stat based. Um their records, their team records are one game apart, so that doesn't mean too much. Um I mean Nikola Jokic has played three more games. I mean if you if you don't care about games, it doesn't matter. Um but end of the day, Nikola Jokic is better in rebounds and assists. Like the only thing he's worse at is points per game. And not saying that ten points is is not significant. Joel is basically ten points per game higher. Yeah. Um, but you're splitting hairs at this point. Yeah, it's I really think, tough. I think between the two, I would love. I know I said this. I'm going back on this. In the last podcast, I said Joel Embiid's never gonna win an MVP. And he's really showing out this season. Absolutely. Um, but I've heard a lot about narrative and like, do I feel bad that he hasn't won one? Sure. But I think when you go down to stats, like I have Nikola Jokic over him. So Nikola Jokic got that center position on my first team. And that's fair. You know, that's very fair. It's not what I have. But okay. that's, that's no, fair. no, I would love to hear your list. Okay, so same four. I have Donovan Mitchell, Shea Gillis, Alexander, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum as my four. I have Embiid as my, my center. That's fair. He's, he's an MVP in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, you, you can say don't use narrative, use narrative, whatever you want to do. Uh, stats, obviously, certain things favor and sort of in the in the respect to Giannis, I'm excuse me, Embiid in some go towards Jokic. This one, I just think Joel Embiid, his impact defensively also, got to take that into account as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he's had some monster performances recently, that 50-point game against Boston. I'm taking that into account. Um, just some of the, the big nights that he's had. Um, towards the end of the season especially, um, Jokic, he had some really historic nights, especially... Um, Towards that, like early December ish stretch, um, a little bit before that, during that, both guys obviously super deserving for MVP, super deserving for this first spot. But I, I got to give it to Embiid, man. That's uh, fair. It's, it's splitting hairs, but yeah. he's my MVP, so he's on the first team. But like, if we're being honest, Giannis is obviously in the conversation. Yeah, um, absolutely. Trying not to be biased because Giannis is my favorite player. Um, I think. I think Giannis is, like, they're all legitimate MVP candidates. Um, Giannis, uh, out of all three, is on the best team, best player on the best team, has the best win percentage. I definitely think that goes into account. Um, but end of the day, I don't think he's he's going to win. I think, I believe Joel Embiid is going to win. Um, but for me, I have Nikola Jokic. It's not that I don't agree. Because they're, they're both, all three of the guys, like you said, they're, they're all deserving. You know, that argument that Giannis, I I, I believe is the best player in the game, but mm-hmm. on, he's on the best team as well. Uh, dominant on both ends of the floor. It's, again, splitting hairs at this and I, point. I think it's the media. I think you have yeah, to consider, yeah. like, who has been in the conversation. It has been Joel versus Jokic the entire time. So I think media does the media is the ones who, like, vote on it. Like, I do think they are going to take that into consideration, but I agree. Giannis is the best player on the best team, has the best winning percentage. Like, he's, consist- he's like, consistent in all categories. So, yeah, I don't know. But. It's tough. 
and luckily I'm not the one that's actually <laughs> no, voting for, for this. This yeah. will be tough. Um, I'll, I'll go with my second team. Yeah, let's see it. All right. This one was a little bit easier than the third team. The third team was tough. But we'll get into that in a second. My second team, Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. De'Aaron Fox, Jalen Brown, Nikola Jokic, DeMontis Sabonis. And Ooh, that's I, interesting. I'll, I'll tell you why. Jokic, just because if he's not MVP, he's going to be the second team big man. Uh, Jalen Brown, you know, he's been one of the most consistent. If, if you want to have him as guard forward, whatever you want to do. Um, but just at that position, at that swing position, one of the most consistent guys um, at his position, 27 points per game, uh, seven boards, four assists. He's been rather durable this entire season. Like, relatively compared to a lot of other people. Like, 67 games. Mm-hmm. That's relatively durable. Um, big performances. You know, he can drop 40, 50 on any given night. Um, been the one of the best number two guys in the league. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, you know, can't really go wrong there. Luka Doncic. Uh, there was a, a debate in my head between first team, Shea, versus Luka. That was okay. that was a debate that I was having. Um just if you remember in the beginning of the season, Luka Doncic he was doing some very historic stuff. Just mm-hmm. you know, constantly, if not a near triple double, he was having a triple double, um, thirty plus points throughout the entire season. Just his ability to control an offense. He was the Dallas Mavericks offense, um, and that says something just in terms of you know dominance on the ball, but also just being able to. Will teams to win? I understand now they're not even in the play-in. Yes, there was a tank job there, which you can speak to. Yes, you can talk about the Kyrie Irving trade that sort of got rid of the defense that they had, um, and they were still in the playoffs um, before the trade happened. And splitting hairs here, but I just think throughout the totality of this season, Luka Doncic, if his team was even remotely good enough, he would be first team automatically, and mm-hmm. he would definitely be getting MVP considerations. And I know you could say if, if, if a lot of a lot of stuff would change here, but you know, I just reward um the longevity that Luca's had, and um I just feel like it would be hard to put him on the third team. Maybe that's just me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go Deer and Fox and Sabonis. You know, the Kings haven't been in the playoffs in so long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's 2006 to be specific, and looking at the record right now. 48 and 34, so that's third in the Western Conference. And, uh, you know, just what they've been able to do all season long, that duo, um, I'll just give you their stats real quick, 25 points for De'Aaron Fox, six assists, four boards, um, 51% field goal percentage for for a guard. That's really good. High-efficiency guard. Um, that's something that you got to take into account. And there's so many guards, so many good guards. That we'll we'll certainly get into <laughs> yeah. as soon as you go into your list. But I I take that into account. Sabonis, 19 points a night, 12 boards. First, by the way, leading the league in boards, Sabonis was. Seven assists, which was 11th. And I'm sure if not Jokic, he was right there in terms of big men assisting. 61%, 61.5%. That counts. 10th. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, just statistically, Sabonis was a monster. Double-double machine. Could get you triple-doubles. And their offense, the best in the league. Taking all those things into account. And for what they've done for the city of Sacramento, I got to reward that if I'm voting. And uh, both those guys are all-star caliber guys. And 
All NBA second team. That's my that's my squad. Okay, definitely different than <laughs> mine. Um, so starting off with the similarities, um, I have Luca. I have Joel Embiid. I have Jalen Brown. My two, <laughs> my other two. I have John Morant mm. as, as the second guard. I'll get into that in a second. And this might be the hottest take. I have Julius Randle. Mm, and, and that, that needs to explain Big Jew. Yeah. So, I'm not mad at it, but go, go ahead yeah, and explain it. Yeah. So I'm you, a, yeah, go, go, go. You explained the Luka, Joel, Jalen Brown. I agree with all of those. Um, for John Morant, that was, that was the one that's been tossed up. Um, I think you can't deny team record. Like, I think you have to consider that. Um, some of the factors I considered in mind are team record, but also individual win percentage mm-hmm. of the games they played. How many did they win? And, I mean, they say that, you know, Ja, they could win without him. But he's also at, like, 67% of the games he plays, they win. And they have one of the best records. They're, like, a two-seed. I feel like you can't you can't discount it. The biggest, the biggest issue I had with Ja was how many games he played. Um, he's right at that 70% mark. Like he played in 75% of the games, um, which is 61. That's pretty low compared to everyone else. Um, but I, I don't think that's a knock. I think being the best player on like one of the best teams definitely goes into consideration. That's why he made my second team. Julius Randle, um, I was going back and forth on this because <laughs> he's, He's Julius Randle. Like, people make jokes about him all the time. But end of the day, he averages 25 and 10. Like, that is... That's big. That's not insignificant. Yeah. Um, The Knicks record this year, like, the biggest one I was putting him against was um, Jimmy Butler. Like, mm. going back and forth between putting Jimmy Butler... I actually had Jimmy Butler in my second team for a while. But I think record does matter. And durability. Like... Of this list of everyone who's on here, for my teams at least, like Julius Randle played 70, 77 games. That's 93.9% of all games. He was set to play all of them, got hurt right at the end. But, I mean, I think in terms of forwards, like, I have him pretty high. And I think what he's done for the Knicks... Like, yeah, Jalen Brunson is in the conversation for most improved player, but Julius Randle's an all-star, and I think it doesn't get talked about as as much. And it's surprising because he's in New York. I mean, New Yorkers talk about him, but in terms of, like, the general, like, first take, they're not talking yeah. about Julius Randle. But he made my second team. Yeah. And I'm not mad at that whatsoever. It's funny. I was playing 2K. A while back, um, and I was using the Knicks. I was like, screw it, I'm using the Knicks against one of my friend, uh, Brandon. And uh, I think I had like 40 and like 15, and I was like, Julius Randle, top five power forward. And he was he, he was just not hearing it at all. Because the media, right, just like the perception of Julius Randle from his early days in L.A. and then New Orleans. But, you know, now he's, he's a legitimate all-star. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he gave great numbers. Um I'm not mad at that whatsoever. I was definitely debating um, putting him on my third team. Second team, I was like, I just think Sabonis. If you, it, it, again, splitting hair at this point, Sabonis yeah. or um, Randall, very similar um, in terms of like, okay, Randall, not this year, but last year, how he had to be more of a facilitator. Mm-hmm. In that sense, I think, you know, Sabonis um, and him were similar in that respect. Sabonis, I think, is a little bit better of a passer Agreed. than um, Randall. 
Um, Randall's is three point shooter. It's a bonus. That's not necessarily his game. Mm-hmm. Um, both can score. Although Randall, he's had bigger scoring nights. Um, defensively, you know they're they're not necessarily the best defenders. Um, mm-hmm. Rebounding, you'll give it to um, Sabonis, but it's not by that much. So I can I can see that. That's fair, but I, also I have Sabonis as a center. <laughs> like okay. In my in my next. Yeah. He made my third team. Spoiler okay. alert! But you know, yeah, I think like we said, like you could go around mixing and matching. It's really about what stats matter more to you. Um, but yeah, that's my second team. Run, run me your second team again. Just so okay, Luca. Yep. Joel. Yep. Jalen Brown. Then I have Ja and Julius. A lot of J's in that one. Lots of J's. That's four J's in an L. But <sighs> that that Ja one. I, we were talking I was, about. I'm it. really surprised that he's not on more people's lists. Yeah, and I, I was saying a lot of the the stuff were like the off the court issues. I feel like that's going to be that's an good. easy way to get rid of a guard because there's so many guards on this mm-hmm. list. And, and I think the numbers of games played, like, that stuck out to me. Um, compared to the other people, he's – but it's, like, then you're counting, like, games. It's, like, five games less than everyone else yeah. in that second team. And the Grizzlies are second in the West, so. Yeah. It's, it's whatever you want to consider, but. Super tough. Third team. This one was the hardest by far. <laughs> this one was super tough on my end. I'm sure it was for you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you my third team right now. Yeah. Uh, even looking at it now, I'm like, do I want to change it real quick? Do I want to not say? Okay. LeBron James, Lowry Markkinen, Damian Lillard, mm-hmm. Drew Holiday, and for the center, this one is going to be this one be different from a lot of people. Brooke Lopez. That's. I think he gets to nod, and okay. I'm explain. LeBron, obviously, just because, you know, 29 points, uh, Eight rebounds, eight seven assists, fifty percent shooting. He he's LeBron, and yes, you know, he's been injured, but these are numbers that are similar, very similar to his MVP seasons at times. Um, I think you sort of have to put him on the list, and uh, I'm sure nobody would be at fault for saying otherwise. Uh, Lowry Markkinen, um, may win most improved. I think he's probably the favorite. He's the front runner, yeah. Betting favorite, um. 25 and a half points, eight and a half rebounds. Um, sort of out of nowhere, too. So I think the shock factor, I'll take that into account. Um, when he was drafted by, um, I believe, Chicago, mm-hmm. um, you know, he was sort of supposed to be that, that poor Zingas type of dude. <laughs> Early on, it didn't necessarily pan out. It was sort of weird for a minute there in Chicago where first they had him as a center, then a power forward, then a small forward at times. So you didn't really know where his true position was. And as small forward defensively, you know, he could get crucified by the Kevin Durant's of the world, Jason Tatum's of the world. That's not necessarily his game. Traded to Utah. He's now put at the four, and his offensive game has skyrocketed. I think you got to look back to the Euro um, FIBA play from the summer prior to this season, and he was just doing an amazing thing. His ball handling looked improved. His finishing looked improved. His shooting looked improved. So it's translated all to this season to the point where, you know, He's a legitimate all-star now. Mm-hmm. It's not like he was like a fringe all-star. Yes, Utah's record wasn't as good. Although, you know, for what it was supposed to be, everybody expected Utah to be tanking for that number one pick. Um, you know, Lowry did great things. And he's only 25. Mm-hmm. Put that into consideration. Um, the stats show that he's one of the top players. I, I like Lowry marketing at that spot. I really do. Um, Damian Lillard. And Drew Holiday, 
<laughs> These were tough. We were talking before the podcast started about the, the guards that didn't make it. A guy like a Devin Booker is averaging 27 points. Um, Kyrie, who might that, that's debatable with some people. I still think when he plays, he's still a showstopper around 26, 27 points tonight. Um, Steph, Steph Curry. Yeah. It, it's hard for me not to put Steph Curry on a list. It really is like, how do you not have Steph Curry on the NBA list? And you talking about games played. I took all that into account. For me, Damon Lillard, he had that 71-point game. That's hard to ignore. That is really, really hard to ignore. Um, Damon Lillard will probably go down as one of the best scoring guards in NBA history. It sucks that he's in Portland, doesn't have a chance to win a ring. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 32 points a night, that is nothing to sneeze at. Again, 71 points. I'm going to keep emphasizing that because that's crazy. <laughs> um, and then, you know, with Drew, um, and, and James Harden, I didn't mention him. He should be up there as well for consideration. 21-11, um, great numbers at the guard spot. Jalen Brunson as well. Let me not forget him. He was a big... <laughs> I was going to bring him up. Yeah, I, I was definitely considering Jalen Brunson as well for that spot, especially after All-Star break, what he was doing around 26-plus points a night. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, Drew, he's had amazing performances, um, capped off by that 50-point game that he had. <clears throat> I believe it was against Indiana in March. Uh, All-Star. He's been... Consistently, that second best guy on the Bucks who had the best record in the entire NBA. Yeah. Defensively, he's a dog. Um, you know, taking all these things into account, it's been tough to make this list. And uh, Brooke Lopez, um, having three Bucks on this all NBA throughout the first, second, third team, I'm okay with that just because they have the best record in the t- in the league. That's fair. Top to bottom, um, they have the bo- the best depth. Um, right up there with, with Boston. Um, best depth in that regard. Brooke Lopez, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Um, whenever I watch the Bucks, and for that matter, I'll, I'll give some video game knowledge. Whenever I play with the Bucks online, you know, um, if if it's just Brooke Lopez and no one else, I feel confident in saying our defense will be fine. So that's how impactful he is mm-hmm. on the defensive end, which is crazy considering his first few years in the league as an offensive only guy with the Brooklyn Nets being an All Star and. Uh, also, his ability to stretch the floor with his three-point shooting. He's a very, very good three-point shooter. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to grab the numbers right now, but you talk about just his ability to shoot from the perimeter as a big man. 37% from three. As a big man, you'll take wow. that 10 times out of 10. Mm-hmm. Defense, defensive player of the year level stuff, he'll probably win it. I, If I had a vote today, I'll say Brooke Lopez is my defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. 2.5 blocks a night. 15 uh, points per game, 16, excuse me, uh, seven boards. I mean, as a third-team guy and in a world where centers, you know, obviously you said Sabonis is your third-team center. I have him as a power forward in my eyes. Mm-hmm. The other guy that was really up for consideration was Bam at a bio, mm-hmm. which, you know, he has good numbers too, but I think just Brooke Lopez, the defensive aspect, plus his offensive game at times being so situated for a modern NBA, um, that three-point shot really... Um, swings it for me in terms of Bam. I'm saying Brooke Lopez is my All NBA third team center. That's solid. I I definitely think having multiple bucks on it. I personally don't, but I like. I agree. I think that's valid because if you're gonna have two Celtics, two um, Sacramento Kings, like it makes sense. Um, 
Yeah, solid, solid team. <laughs> I think, yeah, every everyone you said has an argument. Um, personally, for my second team, third team, excuse me, my two guards, I have De'Aaron Fox and Damian Lillard. Okay. My two forwards, Jimmy Butler and LeBron James. Mm-hmm. And my center is Sabonis. Um, Lauren Markkinen definitely comes in as, like, my honorable mention. Um, if anything, it was between him and Jimmy Butler. Um in that sense, I definitely take record team record into account. Um, the Heat just have the better record than Utah. And even in the games that Utah has, um, in games that Laurie Marketing plays, he's under 50% win percentage. So to me, I think that really matters um, just about your impact on the team. Of course, there's other factors, who you're playing with, that kind of thing. Um, LeBron... Yeah, he's he's on the list. He was shaky because of the games. Of all the players on here, he played 55 games. That's under 70% of the games. You could say that matters. It doesn't matter. To me, that was a factor, but he's LeBron, so we'll move on. Uh, Sabonis, like I said, he's definitely an all-NBA player. Just matters where he shakes out. I have him third team. De'Aaron Fox, again, like we said. Um, definitely an all NBA talent compared to, you know, John Luca. I couldn't have him to me. I couldn't have him ahead of them. And then Damian Lillard, he's another one where he had multiple factors against him. In my opinion, um, to me, it ended up being between Dame and Steph, both of them. My biggest flaw was how many games they played. Um, and you know, Portland's record and his win percentage on Portland, um, it was a, it was a tough one, but like you said, like you cannot deny thirty two points per game having a seventy like, you know, there's certain factors that you have to consider. Um, so yeah, I think thirteen was a little difficult because then you you really start getting into the who are you gonna drop? Yeah. Um, like for me, second team was probably the easiest because once I figured out first team, I was like, okay, whoever's not good enough to be first team is second team. Third is where you're kind of like, okay, so am I going to drop Steph Curry for Dame? Am I going to take out Laurie Markkinen? Like, I think third was really the difficult one. But I feel I feel okay with with my third team, with all my teams, to be honest. Yeah, solid, solid teams um, all around. Honorable, honorable mention, James Harden. He didn't make an all-star team, but I feel like he easily could have. Um, mm-hmm. Sixers are the third best team in the East. If I'm not mistaken, they have the uh, they have a top five record overall mm-hmm. in the NBA. Um, now I'm looking at it, they have the third best record in the entire NBA. Yeah. Which is crazy that the first three teams are all in the East. You know. Yeah. I think that's that just it speaks to the comp the competition in the East. Absolutely. So James, he could have made it. Um, Randall, I didn't have him. You did. Mm-hmm. He could have made it. Uh, Jalen Brunson. Surprised you didn't have him on, on your list. He's on my honorable mention. Um, when I started out making my list, I had, what is that, 15, 18 players. So I had to drop two guards and a forward. And the two guards that I dropped are Jalen Brunson and Steph Curry. Um, in that situation, I think I was playing heavily on record. But also, like, the impact that he's had on the Knicks. He's also played a lot of games. He's played 68 games. Um I think he's been durable. The he's had a bunch of forty point games. Like he's he's up for a most improved player. I really like Jalen, but I also recognize compared to like 
how good guards are in the NBA. Like putting Steph Curry up against Jalen Brunson, neither of them made it. But you know, that's that's a hard decision. Yeah, and this could have been harder. Um, you know, in terms of the decision making with the forwards, like we got kind of lucky that Kevin Durant missed so many games because mm-hmm. fifty five, forty, ninety, first play in NBA history to do that. Um, when he was healthy with the Nets, they were on pace to be the best team in the East, potentially the best team in the NBA, and he was looking to be a. a blossoming MVP candidate. Kawhi Leonard as well with the Clippers. You can't take that away from him. Um, Steph, you know, a lot of guys here. Devin yeah. Booker. But I think you always have to take into account injury. And that's why um, moving forward with the having a game minimum, um, I'm trying to think what it is. Is it 75? No. No it's way, 75. That's too no, high. No, it's 65. I want to say 65. I don't know. It's 80%. You have to play, I think, in 80% of the games or something. I think that's valid. Um, it's definitely going to be hard. Um, but I think, can you really be considered for like these high, high awards if you're not playing? Like, I don't know. To me, I, I weigh heavily on how many games you play. But then again, I have never played an NBA game, never going to. I don't know how hard it is out there. Um, especially like I'm all for player health and like getting healthy. Like you shouldn't just be playing games to get awards. But I think it's definitely something that needs to be considered. Well, you know, I, I feel like the load management thing has sort of taken over a lot of people's minds, especially with this award. I feel like that was one of the main reasons to even consider a game's mm-hmm. uh, play type of thing. Like, they don't want people to be resting for the playoffs. They want people to play all the time. So when the random NBA fan comes from halfway across the world to come see their favorite player, That's true. make sure that they play and. uh you look back to back in the 90s, even the 2000s, right? The All-NBA teams, you know, they were, like, the top of the top guys. Um, You know, I, I don't have any lists on me now, but if I were to just throw up a list of, like, 2001, I'd imagine it would be Allen Iverson, Kobe, uh, Chris Webber, Shaq, Tim Duncan. That's your first team. These are, like, the best guys mm-hmm. in the league. And even, like, down to third team. I'm sure those are, like, all-stars, all um, all-NBA-type guys in multiple different years. And for this year, it's a little bit different because you got to take into account all those injuries. I'm not having Kevin Durant on the list. I'm not having Kawhi, Seth, you know. It's... But I think, I think that's one of those things where you have to separate from how great this player is. And I think J.J. Redick said it. It's a snapshot of the season. So, like, this is not taking away from Steph Curry being, like, one of the greatest players to ever play this game. But you have to consider, was he one of the best players this season? And yes, he's on the cusp for me. Um, if he made a team, no one would be mad. Well, someone would be mad, but <laughs> I wouldn't be mad. But I think, yeah, you really have to consider who are the best players this season. Like, we're not saying that Laurie Markkinen is a better player than Kevin Durant. Like, yeah, of course. At the end of the day, there's going to always be the players who's the best player in the league in general. But... I think if you take a snapshot of this season, considering all the stats specifically from this season, you have to, yeah, you have to take that into account. One more player that was kind of tough for me to leave off, Devin Booker. I just feel like watching him whenever I get the chance to, I just feel like he's all NBA. He's all NBA first team caliber. And some of these guys, you know, I'm not going to say Drew Drew Holiday would be an all NBA first team type of guy. Markman is an all NBA first team type Mm -hmm. of guy. LeBron, for as great as he is, unless the Lakers are doing like exceptionally well, he's on a first-team All-NBA guy, despite the stats. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker is, and um, 
his I don't have the stats like you do in terms of his impact on winning, but I'd imagine it's pretty high when he does play just because of his impact for that Phoenix Suns team. And I remember specifically before the Kevin Durant trade when Chris Paul was out, he was sort of keeping them afloat to the point where they were a top four seed in the yeah. Western Conference. And that means something to me. Um, mm-hmm. Ultimately, you know, injuries take into account. And again, it was splitting hairs with so many of these guards. Yeah. Um, I had to reward Drew for being as consistent as he was on the best team in the entire league. Mm-hmm. And Dame, that 70 ball, that just stood out to me. That was the de- determining factor. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that. Like, I love the Bucks, And I think Drew is, is great. I'd be so happy if he made a team. I think it came down to, like, the jaw, jaw Morant factor. He made it for me. And he made second team. And that just pushed De'Aaron Fox down to third team. So, like, naturally, I had to keep him in there. Um, but I, I don't hate it. I'm, I'm with it. But Yeah, I, I like your list. I'm going to run through my list one more time. First team, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Donovan Mitchell, Shake Ellis, Alexander. Second team, Nikola Jokic, Jalen Brown, De'Aaron Fox, Luka Doncic, DeMontis Savonis. Third team, LeBron James, Lowry Markkinen. Brooke Lopez, Damian Lillard, and Drew Holiday. Give me your teams. Okay, first team. We got Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Nikola Jokic, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Donovan Mitchell. Second team, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Jalen Brown, John Morant, Julius Randle. Third team, Jimmy Butler, LeBron James, DeMontis Savonis, De'Aaron Fox, and Damian Lillard. I think both of them are great lists. And, you know, if either of us have the exact combination of lists, I don't know if we got to go buy a lottery ticket because that's great luck. Uh-huh, because it's, it's really a toss-up. End of the day, it's a toss-up. It's the media. We'll see. But yeah. Hey, I was happy that you could make it out to record this podcast for me, or with me, rather. Thank you so much, Slander, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode of the From Downtown Podcast. Please make sure you guys rate five stars, share with family and friends. And, you know, I genuinely hope you enjoyed it. I had a great time talking Eastern Conference basketball with Elena. The playoffs are here, man. Just about starts on this coming Saturday, a few days from now. And I'm excited. Obviously, I want the Celtics to win it all. But there will be great matchups starting in the first round, and definitely as we go deeper into the playoffs, it's going to be interesting. I'm not giving my two cents on the Bucks celtics matchup until the time comes. Tomorrow, we will be talking about the Western Conference. That's right. We're back to consistently uploading, at least for the time being, back-to-back days. Tomorrow, we will be discussing the Western Conference with Sam Corcoran, and we all know his love for the Golden State Warriors. That's going to be interesting talking about seeing rather if he thinks the Golden State Warriors have a legitimate run in them to be a champion once again going back to back. I wouldn't be shocked if they won a championship but also the West is so wide open as we'll get into tomorrow that you know wouldn't be that much of a shock if any of the playoff teams minus maybe whoever comes as the eighth seed reaches the NBA Finals. Like you heard Elena say, she thinks that the Grizzlies will even have a shot to win the title, which I'm not mad at. (laughs) I'm really not mad at. That can easily happen. But I'll give you guys my take on the West tomorrow. Until next time, guys, take care.